I'm good. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the first inaugural month, month, monthly. I should have talked about this before we did it. <laughs> Shit. Just keep it, keep it rolling. Okay. You're good. Um, welcome to uh, New Metal March. Um, without over explaining, because I'm not going to do it justice, we're doing the fundamental elements of Southdown by POD. Yeah, boy. So let's get into it. Alrighty, gang, we're here. We're ready to do New Metal March. Yes. Kev, how you feeling? I'm feeling fucking great, man. I'm in, in my nostalgias for the past week, and really before that, since we started talking about doing New Metal March. So I'm excited to finally be here. I get to listen to all the shit I grew up listening to and kind of really informed my path through metal. Um, I had listened to Metallica and stuff like that a little bit growing up. Um, actually, a lot of Metallica growing up, but I'd never really delved deeper into metal before. Yeah. And so new metal was kind of like, you know, baby's first metal for me. Mm -hmm. So I got to, you know, kind of start there and kind of expand and go deeper and darker and more heavy. And I never really stopped. So uh, I I love metal. It's great. It's great form music. And new metal is definitely a place and time. So I'm definitely excited to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about it before the show that this is a definite. This is definitely like a place and time. Yeah. New metal is kind of non-existent anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of bands that you can associate mentally with, you know, Limp Bizkit. Um, I picked P.O.D. this week because it was one of the, the first metal bands that I had listened to growing up. And I've got a funny story to get into later uh, about how I heard them for the first time. But, yeah, the new metal, uh, we picked it because I feel like it's going to be the most fun. We've yeah. been getting into albums that we're really emotionally invested in, so it's going to be fun to get into albums that, like, we like or we are nostalgic for but not necessarily so emotionally connected to and i think this one's gonna be a fun way to start well i think that's the difference for me is that i am still emotionally connected to these albums like heavily like yeah i still like like i said they informed a lot of the kind of music that i listened to going forward like i was 11 or 12 years old so like just becoming like a rebellious teen when this shit was really popping off and uh, so I do have still have very high emotional attachments to this stuff, but I am old enough now to realize it's terrible. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean? So I can look at it from uh, an objective point of view and say, "Oh man, this this isn't this doesn't hold up well." It's like when people say they love Basket Case by Green Day. They're yeah. like, "Oh, it's great." Like, well, it's not great. It's you fine. just like it. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's <laughs> not a great punk song. It's but it's you know again, it's a moment in time for those people. Like that Dookie album, I think. That's why it's endured for so long. That's why people kind of cling to that album is because it's like it's a good punk album. And at the time, it was like the first like really commercially successful pup punk album. So, but I, you know, we're you know, it's another but another you know, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of it kind of plays into what we're talking about this this uh, month with new metal. Um, so we're going to talk about the fundamental elements of Southtown from yeah. 1999. It's a mouthful. It is. <laughs> they definitely tried to make it tough on you to say. Um, so, first things first, I'm going to go over some some facts, but do you think this is the sickest artwork album that we've had so far? Um, let me think. It's definitely a great album cover, for sure. I remember looking at it as a little kid and being like, this is cool. I, like, I don't even know what I'm looking at, but this is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of the... It's, I'll get into it in a minute, but there's a very certain... There's a certain aesthetic that a lot of these new metal bands had, and this is 
this reminds me, it's very Southern Californian, very. Yeah. Um, it's like a Native American sitting there, yeah. Indian style, but the legs are wooden, his chest cavities opened, and uh, he's like smoking a, there's a guy on the wall smoking a cigar. There's a lot of religious iconography in this, whether it be Christian or otherwise. Uh, I'm sure, I know you're going to get into that in a minute, but. I'm going to just go right into yeah, it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, <laughs> one of the things I read online was that um, this is a very Christian Christian new metal album, yeah. but um, Christian bookstores were not comfortable with the album artwork, so they like cut out like seventy five percent of this, and it's basically <laughs> just the, the Native American sitting there. It's like it's, it's the worst. Out. It's the worst hack job of an edit I've ever seen. If you go check out our Instagram, I'll post it with the show. It is very hilarious. We're going to post the original album artwork, this album artwork. <laughs> Let's do it as a spot the difference. <laughs> like what, what is different between these two? There are Literally five everything. major differences. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's very hilarious that, you know, they get censored like that, even though they're a very Christian heavy band, whatever. Um, this album was released in August of 1999. It peaked number 51 on the billboard 200 which is a sign of the times. Yeah. Um, the album includes a U2 cover, which is Bullet the Blue Sky, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, do you know what the singles were? Um, I know Southtown was one of them because I, I remember hearing that shit everywhere. Southtown and Rock the Party. Yeah, that makes sense too. Both were number one music videos on MTV's Total Request Live. old TRL with Carson Daly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously all these things we're saying might sound foreign if you were born after the year 2000, but these are very relevant things back in the late nineties. Yeah. Heavy disclaimer here for the next month. We're going to be mainly focusing on the years of 1997 to 2003. So if you have no musical relevance or touch tones for that period of time, (laughs) listen, but don't expect to get a lot of the references we're making. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the song School of Hard Knocks was featured on the soundtrack of Little Nicky, an Adam Sandler movie, <laughs> which is <laughs> given, given uh, near the Christian take. rock, <laughs> near spit take. given the Christian rock nature is very, it's such a strange pick, it's so strange. but both Southtown and Rock the Party both appeared in the movie Little Nicky. Yeah, Southtown makes more sense because it's not really Christian-y, but I, mean, I guess neither is Rock the Party off the hook. It's a, yeah, rock, it's just a we'll party get into song, rock yeah. party, but uh, very funny that little Nicky, a movie Damn. about Satan's son, and not even it's a fucking horrible movie too. Like I don't know how you feel about little Nicky. I hate it. I it's, loved it. It's one of I the saw it like biggest pieces of trash. Well, yeah, I wasn't that old either. Like I was maybe a freshman in high school or maybe a little younger or older. I don't remember when it came out, but. I remember seeing that because I used to love I used to love Adam Sandler, like Billy Madison. You know, I grew up watching Happy Gilmore and shit yeah. like that. And then that was the first Adam Sandler movie that I saw, and I was like, "This is fucking garbage. This is not funny." <laughs> the only part that made me laugh was Papa's chicken is the shiznit. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of funny." <laughs> but that's oh, at the very end. The face was a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that movie is so dumb. It's very, very much like. 12 year old humor yeah and it's like whatever i don't know maybe i was just too cool for it at the time maybe, maybe. i could appreciate it more now but and i was just immature enough to think exactly laugh out loud funny. <laughs> it's like master of disguise when's the last time you went back and watched i've that? never watched it because i think that movie looks terrible it was really funny in sixth grade i'll tell you that much <laughs> I'm sure it, it age well. uh speaking of things not aging well uh, i want to get into your opening thoughts <laughs> of pod are you saying my opening thoughts aren't going to age well I'm, I'm saying um, <laughs> the feelings might not have aged. Should we try to do this al- episode without cursing? <sighs> yeah. 
I'm not. I, no, I'm not going to be able. I to. want this to be sold at Christian bookstore. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to. I've already, I've already failed the test anyway. Um, yeah, I've already kind of talked about a lot of like my overall thoughts of of new metal, but to me, like the first like three or four songs on this album do exactly what a new metal album should, and it should transport you to a place in time. So it should make you think of Southern California in the late '90s, early aughts, because that's where most of these bands came from with SoCal. Um, it should make you think of Jinkos and Black Tees and Wallet Chains. It should make you think of Spiked Boy, uh, Spiked Hair, or White Boy Dreads. And, and, it, and really, this this album does all of that. Mm-hmm. Like you, sh- you really should heavily tattoo, like just un- indecipherable arm sleeves, and just fake tough boys. Yeah, maybe some maybe some uh, frosted tips if you're really if you're getting into the later periods like the the uh, crazy town period. Yeah, people trying to grow out their hair after they were listening to NSYNC and Backstreet Boys are like, you know what, we need to make a change. Um, yeah, I I kind of reflect those same feelings this album is not great but it's fun yeah it's fun it made me smile that's what i say in my closing is like it made me smile the whole time and like i wrote that you know they're the veggie these guys are like the veggie tales of new metal yeah like it's good it's it's a good little cartoon but it's very heavily peppered with christian themes and that's i mean that's okay if that's what you're looking for it wasn't what i was looking for but that's being said like I, when you brought up P.O.D., I was like, oh, fuck, I can't wait to talk about Youth of a Nation because that song fucking still goes hard to this day. And they're like, oh, we're not doing that album. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. I kind of tried to pick one that was a little more rugged. than. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Southtown is still really good. It's it's right on par with Youth of a Nation for me. Yeah. The Satellite had so many, like, boom, that song is transcendent. Yeah. Youth of the Nation, there's so many good songs on that album. And I wish I would have picked it, but you know what? I went with this one because I was going back and forth. I know you're you're feeling those sentiments too, oh, yeah, trying to decipher a band you really like. You got to pick between two. So I I have been picking the most recent albums from most bands. Yeah, so I've been sense. trying to pick a little bit older one. Yeah, I think uh, you saying "boom" made me think of "click click boom" by Saliva. <laughs> and man, holy shit, dude! Like, it, there's just so much like like cringy metal slash butt rock that came out at the time that I just fucking love. Like, click click boom, fucking. It still kicks ass to this day, oh, yeah. and I, I understand that it's a terrible song. But listen to "Click Click Boom" and and try not to bang your head. Yeah, and I know we're not talking about saliva, but but you know what? Try <laughs> listen to "Click Click Boom" and tell me you don't try and go find your old football cleats. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, and, and watch your highlight tape from senior year. <laughs> don't tell me you don't want to throw on that varsity jacket and, and drive around. <laughs> you still got them shoulder pads in your parents' basement. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> uh, it's that and cotton eye joe man those two things <laughs> um oh, so fuck. See, we'll get into track one um we can just do track one and two because greetings yeah. is, i mean i wrote separate things for them like greetings is just an intro but i wonder i would do want to say one thing about greetings and we can kind of skip over it sure. but I, this is one thing that new metal albums did really really well is they had these kind of like spoken word almost like very like open mic kind of intros where it's like it kind of makes you feel like you're in a you're going to a concert like, hey, we're this is POD, blah blah blah. It's like they're entered, like, like they're hype man coming out before they like the band comes on stage and plays their first song. I really fucking like that. Like, uh, one of the albums I'm, I'm just fucking ruin my next week's album, uh, Significant Other by Limp Biscuit, which we're gonna do next week. Um, they they do the same thing. It's like it, it's really it's a really interesting recording technique because it it makes you. F- 
again, it helps you transport to like a place. It almost feels like li- this album feels like a live recording. Yeah, that's what a lot of new metal is really good at. And that's what I wrote here. It's like because they do little stuff like this. They put those little mus- musical interludes in or like them just kind of fucking around in the studio. And it makes you feel closer to the band. As you, mm-hmm. It's like you're listening to this with the band. It's a, it's a cool recording technique, and I wish people would still do it more. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can go from Greetings right into Hollywood. Um, do you want to start or do you want me to start? You, you can start because I want South Town. Oh, you bet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to burp. Um, so I said right away we get every almost every new metal touch, the deep, deep bass, hip-hop drums, d- distorted, heavily tuned down, tuned down, tuned down, tuned down, tuned down guitars. There we go. Got it. <laughs> but yeah, tuned down guitars are very like idi- idi- idiomatic of – New metal, mm-hmm. you know, it started with corn playing drop D seven string guitars, and it was nobody had ever heard shit like that before because it sounded like, oh my god, why does this band have th- three bass guitars? Yeah, and it just it, sounded it's like bass. so heavy, and it yeah. was it was just it was really really new and interesting. That's why I love corn so much for what they did and how they changed the way kind of they brought kind of metal out of the eighties and into like a grungier, heavier form. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. It almost sounds cacophonous too, like the way the guitars and the drums kind of mix, and it doesn't sound like if you're not if you just listen to it on a very bass level, it's like oh this kind of, ugh. but then if you listen to it, it's like oh yeah this shit sounds bad, but it actually sounds good, mm-hmm. which again is another thing of new metal. So, um, yeah, it, it, I wrote this. This song almost reminds me of Cypress Hill's uh, rap and rock superstar. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Again, another reference from like the '90s. That if you don't if you don't know anything about Cypress Hill, they were like a hip hop group from uh, I think L.A. Um, but they did a collab, They did a song in like the late '90s, early 2000s, where it was rap superstar, and then they did a rock version, which is rock superstar. And this version, this song, very much reminds me of rock superstar in the way it's like the pace, the way the lyrics are delivered. Um, they're very very similar. I like rock superstar a lot more than this song. Yeah, um, we can listen to it after the episode, but. It's still it's it, anytime because I I love Cypress Hill too so anytime I can you know compare a band to that that's that's a pretty high compliment and it's a good way to start an album too. So you want to be a superstar? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really like <laughs> this song is cool, but um, it's excessively long. Yeah, for, I felt I think every song is like three minutes and thirty four seconds long, but it, they feel like five minutes for some reason. This one is clocking in at five. Is minutes. it yeah. for for an opening track that seems a little excessive? It's a long track. Yeah, um, it's kind of a weird place for a song like this. It felt like it could have been placed further on the album. Yep. You know where they should have started? They should have started with Southtown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I really like is the you'll never get the best of me. There's just like good lines in each song that's like, I can't wait to scream this in my car, even yes. though like I'd rather do it without the context of most of these songs. Yeah. Like, well, that's the thing. Like when I was listening to this, I, I know I know what POD is like. I yeah. know they're going to talk a lot about Christianity and finding faith and strength through faith and power of God and all that. Again. Totally fine if that's what you're looking for. And me, I was just listening to it more sonically because that's what I remember this stuff as. Like, yeah. As a 12, 13-year-old kid, like I wasn't really listening to lyrics as heavily. So for me, like the nostalgia part of it was listening to the sound of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I feel. Like I, I think this song is cool because it's like telling Hollywood it's not going to get the best use. Yeah. In, that, in that regard, this song has a lot of cool significance to it um it was a cool way to end the song i thought because it's a good transition with all that momentum going right into south town yeah because south town is 
I'm going to just say it. It's my favorite new metal song. Wow. Um, it's a reason I picked this album. I got a lot of emotional uh, connection to it because, um, which I'll, I'll get into first before I get into my feelings about the song. I remember in kindergarten, kindergarten, first grade, I don't know. My dad was picking me up from school and he had P- this CD and it's why I picked it. Sure. And it was really cool looking back that my dad was listening to this kind of music. Yeah. But when he picked me up, he was blaring Southtown, and I was so embarrassed, dude. I was like, <laughs> everyone's going to think I listen to Screamo, Dad. I hate this. <laughs> this is and not even he, close to Screamo. Either. I know, but like, uh, it was just so embarrassing because I thought everyone's like, oh, my God, look at him. He's like a bad kid because he listens to Screamo with his dad. <laughs> but I, after the embarrassment, like riding home, I just remember my dad like singing these words and like jamming out with my dad as a young kindergartner, first grader. So it was a, it's a really cool memory to look back on. Um, cause I don't, I don't really have those kind of feelings about most songs, sure. but, um, it's the reason I picked this album and it starts like slow and menacing and it kind of soars into like, welcome to hard time. Yeah. Like it, instead of like the normal, the traditional way they do songs, it kind of goes in with like, uh, the rap and, um, it's got the catchiest chorus. It's just, I don't know how they did it in this song, and they didn't. It didn't seem like they captured it in any other song yeah, on this album. I agree, um, but it's. I feel like it's a song that's transcendent of the genre. Not this doesn't feel like a new metal song to me. No, yeah, that's. I, it does because I remember it from that period of time. So I always associate it with that form of music. This 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 whole album isn't super like. There's some very new metal things in it. Uh, but it's like new metal light almost. So, yeah. um, sorry, I let you finish your thought. No, you're good. Um, the song is talking about the struggle of getting sucked into the ways of where you grow up. So yeah. they grew up in the south part of San Diego, which I imagine is pretty rough. And it's you know fighting the urge to to no, to not fight and not uh, stooping to others' level, which I think is a cool, probably the most mature song on this album. Um, Life ain't gotta be like this. It's such a great hook when he's like screaming it. And I remember my dad like punching the steering wheel and saying this shit. So like <laughs> I just have a lot of cool visceral memories of my dad singing this song. So it like the vocals sound really cool in this song and I also just have a lot of positive memories with the song. Yeah. Um, like I was saying earlier, I mean, like this like this sound, this sounds to me like when I hear shit like this, it makes me think of like sunny streets, palm trees. And like a bunch of grungy looking new metal kids running around having a good time and just causing chaos. Yeah. And and I, I I knew that's not what this song is about, but that's what it reminds me of sonically. And in it, it's really a really super well constructed track. Like I fucking love this song. It's got some pop sensibilities, which makes it immediately accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's also got a lot of new metal touches that I really like. So this energy drink is making me gas. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's just something magical about when you put hip hop and metal together. Like whenever you fuse two genres, people are always going to hate from both sides, but the people that listen to it and get it and are in it at the time when it happens, like that becomes a very special thing to them because it exposes them to a much broader world of music. It's like, Oh, you can see influences from here and here. And then they mushed them together and this this song almost perfectly like personifies that for me because you get you get a lot of both and it's it's really really cool and I think this is more of a hard rock song than a metal song but it's still really fucking good man like I I, I blared this on the way over and I just was like, I was like 
And I was just fucking bobbing my head. You can't help but bang your head to this. It, it, it grabs your neck and it breaks it right away. Like, you have to bang your head, you know? Yeah, and like the, here in the South Town, yeah. the drum's like, da 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 It just like plays perfectly into the chorus. It's really, really good, man. And it's, it's a lot of people give new metal shit because it's, it's like bad forms of both things is what people say. But I think it takes a lot of talent to be able to play it and play it well. And uh, especially from like your rhythm section, like your rhythm section has to be on point. You can't hide them behind your guitars and your vocals like you can with a lot of other stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's the basses have to be better too. Yeah, the basses have to be incredible. Like to me, that's where I, I really kind of developed my love for bassists um, was through like Fieldy from Corn. He's one of my favorite. Like oh, he's so fucking good. And then I just kind of like listening to bass heavy music. Like I was like, yeah, like ba- if bass is done well, it's it changes everything. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, and the way the song ends, the da 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 da. Yeah, it's just like the perfect way to end a song. Um, this would be a great opener or a great closer. Like if this was at the end of the album, like it shouldn't be because it's a it's the best song on the album by a mile. But that would be a great way to end an album, just a really punchy outro, and you're like, and you just you lean back, you light up a cigarette, and you take a deep drag. <laughs> like fuck yeah, that was a good ride. That one took advantage yeah. of me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that one's getting a second call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it kind of uh, takes a, a, a swift break and goes into like a little reggae riff, uh, track four with check and levels. Yeah, check and levels is, uh, again, it's this is something that this is very hip hop influenced where there's a lot of like very short, almost skit like things. And uh, I, I mean, it's fine. I, I like this kind of thing because, again, it's one of those things. Jesus. <laughs> This this shit I can't drink anymore. I'm just burping up a storm over here. Um, <laughs> I did not I did not prime myself well for this episode. Um, but yeah, no, I really like hearing um, these kind of like again hot mic in a studio kind of things where they just let it record, kind of like what we do sometimes at the beginning of episodes when we're doing like mic checks and we just have an interesting conversation. I, I really really like that kind of feeling you get. You feel closer to the people you're listening to. I mean, yeah. it's super fucking cringy, like. Oh yeah, yeah, man, that shit's tight or that's dope. Like that, it's like oh god, like we used to say shit like this, like uh, and just like the I don't know, but it's it's cool. I like the that technique of it. I always like skits and hip hop albums, even though they're very embarrassing to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> like most of the time because they get raunchy and kind of gross. Um, but there, it's a cool kind of break from the music, and it's it's different. It's way different than just listening to just a wall of music. Getting those little interludes is is kind of cool to me. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not checking levels. It's checking. Checking. Don't get it. Don't right, put get a it G right. in there. There's that, G. That's not new metal. Uh, it has a little riff, uh, riff at the very end where it's like that transitions perfectly into rock the party. Yes. Uh, rock the party. Princes off the hook. Uh, it's a new metal party song. That's about keeping it clean. It's going to be clean fun, kiddos. <laughs> yeah. All right, you can have fun without drinking and debauchery. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's, it's a fun track. I it's, yeah, it's not fun. my favorite, but um, it's definitely their second most popular song on this album. Yeah, um, it's one of the more popular songs, but it's more of just a, a meh track to me. Yeah, it's cool. I, but the, the one thing we were missing from you know what makes a new metal album a new metal album is somebody on the ones and twos doing some old school scratching. <laughs> Yeah, just that old school scratching that you don't hear anymore. But I grew up fucking loving. Like when I was, I think it was when I was twelve years old. 
Um, my parents were like going to let me get an instrument for my birthday. And I was, I was between drums, guitars, and I also had turntables yeah. <laughs> because I wanted to, I wanted to be on the ones and twos, man, scratching and doing <laughs> some cool shit. Eventually I settled on guitar and I played that for, you know, six years and never got very good at it. But that was like listening to shit like this. I was like, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. I was enamored with it, man. Just the fact of, you know, you know, uh, cutting things up, putting them back together in cool ways, very much like Daft Punk did. Mm-hmm. Like that was their whole career was just, you know, chopping and screwing other tracks to make it a brand new track. And it's, uh, it was something I was enamored with because of a lot because of new metal, because yeah. I grew up listening to shit like that. So, um, hearing that was cool. Again, like you said, it's pretty standard party track, uh, you know, to get on the radio that day that in those days he heard a bunch of just like party songs, um, so, you know, it is what it is. It's fine track, but you know, I, I was happy to hear the, the DJ on the ones and twos and you got a little bit of a scratching solo right in the middle. It's kind of like your bridge and it was all was right with the world. It sounds so dumb, but it's, it's so cool. Um, so cool to me. It's, it's very dated, but it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I will say when I went to see Hardwell a few years ago with my mom and my brother, it was awesome when he lifted up his decks and actually did some freestyle scratching. Because you don't see that shit anymore because nobody can do it anymore. Nobody knows how to. You just you chop and screw your stuff on a, an electronic file, hit play, and then you use a MIDI board to mix it up. Or, you know, you use your electronic ones and twos where you can switch stuff more easily. So nobody really lifts up a deck and does old school scratching like freestyle. And I was it fucking blew mine and Ben's. I was like, holy shit, you never see that anymore. And it was really, really cool. So it's definitely like a skill that's forgotten. So Yeah. Is it me for lie down? Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, again, this this uh, listening to new metal uh, always reminds me of other bands because again, this is what I listened to growing up, and this one sounds like they're trying to be a Deftones song. If you're not familiar with the Deftones, they're they can be really really heavy. Like they're probably the heaviest of the new metal bands consistently. Like Adrenaline is one of the heaviest albums from that era. Um, in the nineties, really. I mean, unless you're delving into like deeper stuff that, you know, death metal bands were doing, but like, certainly that was popular. That was the heaviest album that I can remember. Um, but they also do a lot of really melodic, softer spoken, like softer singing stuff, but it's also kind of creepy. Deftones are awesome. Um, I'm not going to do a Deftones album this this month, but I really want to, but I want to talk about these other albums more. So, um, anyway, um, after that little tangent there, um, they, it's trying to be Deftones, but it doesn't really quite get there. Uh, the the instrumental tracks are almost too muted for me. They're too they fall too far back. They're almost mixed not very well. And I don't, there's something off about the the instrumental tracks on this, and it, it just makes it feel very this song very this makes this song feel very soft. Um, whereas the Deftones can do those kind of whispered vocals and still sound tough. Yeah. You know, Chino Moreno's does a great job at that. Um, it, it makes the line you ain't got what it takes because I'm harder than you seem very, very silly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think this song is like strengthening yourself through religious resolve against evil. Um, it's hard to tell, but it's POD. So I'm probably close. Yeah. I think maybe there's, they start, she talks about like evil rocks at some point. So maybe it's about drugs. I don't know. It's something like that. They're fist pumping at the thought of you thinking that's religious, even if it's not. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we did our job. (laughs) Keep it ambiguous, baby. <laughs> yeah, We're right. going rely yeah. K route. <laughs> um, I like the, 
the first like minute of the song is awesome to me. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, that's the part that reminds me of the Deftones. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. I see what they're going for here. There's very clear Deftones influence here, but they never quite get there. So, yeah, after the the first minute, the song kind of drops in quality. But I really love the lead singer Sandy Sandoval, Sunny Sandoval. Another that great is, name. What a Cali name. Sunny Sandoval. Sunny Sandoval is pretty soft, though. That's like a surfer instructor. Yeah, something like that. Or some a guy selling ice cream on a boardwalk. <laughs> you know Sonny. <laughs> you know Sonny. He's got the pistachio today. <laughs> he's, been, he's been here for 30 years. <laughs> uh, but here's a good question, Kevin. Did this song need to be five minutes long? No, it sure didn't. None of these songs <laughs> need to be more than two and a half minutes long. I like to think that the editor of this album, the person that's supposed to like cut this up and make it sound a little bit better, uh, took a vacation this week because <laughs> there was not one thing cut in this whole fucking album. Every little intro and outro they yeah, could have dude, done. Yeah. There was not one thing cut from this album, uh, to make it clean or, you know, and it's I very guess, breathy. Yes. It's almost if you include the sixteenth song, which we didn't in our review. Um, it's almost an hour long, which is excessive. It's it's silly, but again, that's what that's what albums were back then, though. Too like, I mean, all the new metal albums I'm picking are like an hour long. Yeah, I remember my buddy had. He's like, "Hey, you want to kill an hour? Throw on an album." I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, and this song has about a forty-five second outro that isn't technically an outro, right? Um, but you know, it's a cool element to the song, but also these songs get a little lengthy at times. Um, the next one is Set Your Eyes to Zion. Sure is. Uh, this is a really cool setup for a song. I really like the bridge and the chorus. Um, it's a catchy song, but you know the lyrical content is very Christian that we don't really need to dive into. Um, but this, the album gets... It stops pretending to, to hide their Christianity at this point. This ambiguity is, really is gone. Yeah. Um, I like the Carlos Santana tuned guitars, yeah. um, but there were some bongo drums in this song too. I liked how it like softened up a little bit for this song. And uh, I, it's a song that kind of slows it down a little bit to show that they can do more than just, you know, crunchy guitars and screaming. So I, I think the song is a fun song. It, to me, it's fine. I, I, I have a very different, I don't like the song really at all. Really? Uh, yeah, well, I, here's the thing. I like reggae and I like a Rastafarian feel to things, yeah. but it was so overdone at the time. I think Sub- I love Sublime. I love them to death, but every band coming out of California at the time heard Sublime was like, oh shit, well, that's what we got to sound like too. Or we have to have a song that has like some sort of reggae or Rastafari feel to it. And uh, it, no, you didn't. You didn't have to do it. You, did, you could, but at what cost? So yeah. It's <laughs> Right, you spent so much time asking whether you could. You didn't, you didn't spend enough time thinking about whether you should. I don't know if that's the line from Jurassic Park, but you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's fine. It's I don't know. Again, that's really all I have to say about it. I, I don't know if the dead man they're talking about in the song is Jesus Christ, but if it is, that is a very sacrilegious way to refer to hey dead man can you save us hey dead man it's something like that i think it's like the debt like d-e-b-t no it's dead oh dead man yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know yeah i looked it up on genius this morning i was like yeah that's dead man i don't know if that's jesus i was thinking debt man like the debt that all men pay sure i mean it it would be it would be in line with i forgot to mention this the opening notes but pod stands for payable on death and that's a direct reference to the sacrifice um 
Oh my God. The sacrifice. Yes. Thank you. Yes. The crucifixion of Christ. That's what I was going for where he, he died to pay off our debts or our sins so we could live sin free. That's what POD stands for Yeah, and what it means. So, I mean, the iconography is there already. So I don't know. It just, it just kind of struck me. Like if they're talking about Jesus Christ and they're calling him dead man, it's a weird way to call it for somebody who's like, Really drunk digging into like this Rastafarian Zion Lion kind <laughs> of thing. But you know what? They're calling him Mr. Dead Man, so at least they're. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> they're they are addressing him properly. They give him an honorific, so that's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's fine. And it's just whatever. I just got so burnt out on every band from California trying to do a Rastafari track. It was good that they didn't do it more than once. Like, Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the next one is just the 30-second interlude, which seems like you're getting all the interludes. So I'll take this one. You can take the next one. Sure. Uh, lo siento, which means I'm sorry yep. in Spanish. Apology uh, accepted. <laughs> it's a 30-second interlude with us. Uh, it's got some the similar, like, Carlos Santana guitars, yeah. which I thought was a fine outro. Yeah, I'll get into this in a second, but... All right, and then our closing thoughts, but yeah. Um, yeah, I just started apology acceptance. Let's get to the, the next half, <laughs> the last half of the album here, P.O.D. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not track number nine is Bullet to the Sky. Sure. Uh, you want me to do it? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I, I, I actually really like that. I didn't know it was cover until you told me before the episode. Um, but it's super drum driven, which, I, you know, is nice to hear. It's like they, they really, like, when you listen to Korn, you can really hear their rhythm section. Like, it drives everything. And their, the guitars come in for the chorus and, like, pre-chorus and stuff. But, like, Dave Silvera on the drums and um, Fieldy on the bass. It's just, it, that's all you hear. And that to me is new metal. Like you need it to be very heavy um, rhythm section. So this is the first time we really get to hear it. And um, I love, I like it. Uh, and the, co- the chorus is awesome in this. The way they arrange the chorus is great. Um, it makes sense that I like this a little bit more than the rest of the album because they didn't write it. So <laughs> <laughs> they just rearranged it. Um but yeah, I just like not not much to say about it. I'm glad it picks up the pace again, if only slightly. Um, and it, 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 the way they arranged it almost feels white zombie esque in some in some places, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Like the way the guitars are written is yeah pretty neat. So yeah, and there's something to be said if if a cover you don't know a cover is a cover. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this song is originally a U2 song, and it's a U2's most overtly political songs. This is according to Genius.com. Uh, overtly political songs condemning U.S. foreign policy for causing unrest in Central America in the 1980s, and it includes references to biblical passages. So I imagine that's exactly why sure. it was picked. Um, I'm sure in Southern California you deal with a lot more um, bullets you know, in the sky, bullets in the sky, <laughs> and a lot more you know uh, refuge for for people coming down from Central America. Sure, sure, than, uh, than we're used to, but you know. It's a cool song, like you said. I don't have a ton to say about it. I thought it was an interesting pick for a U2 cover, of all people. Well, here, I should also say that U2 is one of my least favorite bands of all time. I fucking hate U2. I hate Bono. I hate The Edge. I think they're the most, some of the most overrated musicians of all time. So that's probably why I also didn't know this was a cover. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just don't we're, listen to U2. We're never going to do a U2 album. Thank or, God. And uh, I think... Yeah, I think you're right. If we if Ever you, since U2 bought their own album and gave it to us for free on our iPhones. No, they didn't give it to you. They forced you to have it, and you yeah. couldn't delete it, if I remember correctly. Uh, if we ever, if you ever deign to do a U2 album, I'm literally just going to make fart noises into the mic the whole time. I'm going to be an extreme child about it. Well, I lucky, hate lucky for you, I, I don't mind them either. <laughs> yeah. That's where our friendship really blossomed with over our hate for U2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you like U2, great. I think they're poopy. 
You too poopy, okay? That's <laughs> yeah. all you need to know. <laughs> uh, next song is Psalm 110. Uh, they read it in a different language. It's, I think it's Latin. I don't know. Uh, but the thesis of Psalm 150 is praise the Lord. Shock. It's another one one minute. Yeah, I looked interview. it up. I looked it up. I was like, maybe this is profound. Maybe this is like one of those Bible quotes that I really like. Like Matthew 16, 26. I love that Bible verse. Um, but it's just like, praise the Lord. He is great. Do praise it the through Lord. music. Do it through your actions. Yeah. I just but, wrote, just, just a Bible verse in Latin? Skip. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Another, it's another song that's proof that the editor really just phoned it in and I, he's like Y2K is coming I'm taking all my vacation time I'm getting the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah before these computers crash everywhere and we all die I'm not doing this this is the last thing I'm going to go watch think? some porn guys the last thing I want to do is edit a Christian rock album on my computer this is built for pornography <laughs> This is like right around the time like broadband internet first started coming yeah. out, like cable and DSL. Like we got out of the 56K days and you could watch porn at <laughs> super speed. This guy is just, that's what he was doing. He yeah. was just jerking off the whole like, Why didn't you answer our calls? <laughs> oh, you were on dial-up internet forever. I was watching Bam and Tommy Lee. <laughs> Leave me alone. You know how long it takes to download a nude? <laughs> Many moons. Okay. I was uh, looking up new Tomb Raider codes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Angelina Jolie in that new Tomb Raider costume? Okay, I needed some time. Dude, we're, we're still like 10 years away from that. I'm talking about our PS1 Tomb Raider nude codes. Oh. That was all the rage on the internet. Like everybody's like, it was a fake thing, but like everybody wanted to see those big triangle boobies in the in the in the nude while they were playing. Couldn't picture it themselves. See, nope. that's why Reddit's so good. Okay, we're we're getting off track. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Image is track number eleven. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That's <laughs> sorry. Is it me? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I said, whoa, what a fucking intro. Like the, that drum fill right at the beginning is awesome. Like wh- this is what kills me about POD is like at this point in the album, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, like every single one of their songs sounds very similar, but then they do shit like this and like, oh fuck. Like you could have done different shit. Like you know how to make things that don't sound exactly the same. And so when I hear stuff like that, and then it's followed by like the scream that, that like it brings me right back to Southtown. It brings me right back to where I felt at the beginning of the album. It was like, oh yeah, this is cool. This is new. This is something I want to listen to. Um, the kick, the kick drums back in a heavy way and it kind of punches you that through the whole song. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, where was this for eight tracks? Where, <laughs> where the fuck has this been? You know? And, and then there's that post chorus slash second verse where they kind of drop the beat out in between each words. And like, again, it's that vacuum of silence that sucks you in and makes you want the next thing to come. It's just so fucking cool to listen to. Like, this is a great track. Um, I wrote if Southtown wasn't on this album, this might be my favorite song on the album. So, um, image is cool. I like it just sonically. I don't know what it's about. Um, I don't care. Um, yeah, I, I said the same thing. Um, we're back to new metal tracks, baby. Yeah. I like the choice to really slow it down after the post chorus and chug it out. Like you yes, said, like, I love a chug dude and they do it so well. And you're right. Like all they had to do was make little changes like that in this album. And it could have been a really great one. Um, all in all for a track 11, that's a really great song. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, again, it's, it's, it's smacks of missed opportunity. So. Uh, number 12 is shouts. It's another interlude. <sighs> Jesus, they really wanted to make it to 15 tracks for some reason. I don't know if there's significance to the number 15. Well, again, it's like you listen to like rap albums back. 
uh, chronic 2001 is like 20 tracks long, but like seven of those are skits that are less than a minute long. So mm-hmm. the, the, num- the track number is a bit deceiving. So it, I don't know. It's, it's weird. And then we go into tribal. Do uh, you know, I'll give you do tribal. You, you shouldn't have to just do one interlude to start. <laughs> um, I think it's a refreshing song after uh, the last couple tracks of, like I like Image, but like you said, we've kind of gotten into the lull of the album. Uh, it feels a little bit formulaic, but uh, yeah. it doesn't lack emotion, which I think um, Sonny can really carry songs that are a little formulaic. And his like his uh, the way he can convey emotion is always a little bit cooler to me than any traditional like boring new metal song. So yeah, he his, can, his he voice can is save awesome. a song. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off no, there. That was, that was um, what I had. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, this is where I really start to feel like, yeah, man, like I've heard this song eight times already. Um, I wrote POD is like ska. It's like you turn it on after a few years and you're immediately like, oh, fuck yeah. Why don't I listen to ska all the time? And then after like five songs, you're like this is why I don't listen to ska all the yeah. time. Cause it's all the fucking same. Uh, it sounds awesome. Um, but the, the nostalgic fades quickly. Um, and it, this song is fine, but it's forgettable. Yeah, you know, I don't really have a whole lot to say that I haven't said about all these other tracks before. It's a it's a new metal track. If you know what uh, cookie cutter new metal sounds like, you know what tribal sounds like. So yeah, and it's track thirteen. So <laughs> we don't have to, you know, yeah, we don't. overanalyze track number thirteen. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one's freestyle. Yes, this is me, right? Yes. Okay, so um, I was like, okay, here's something different. It's just straight up kind of rapping to start, which is cool. Like it's again. The back half of this album feels much more creative than the first half did, or at least after Southtown. Um, it's new and different. Uh, the drums are awesome in this, and the chorus is really, really good. Like, that guitar and the chorus is fucking awesome, man. It, it, <laughs> after the chorus, I was listening to it. I was like, what the fuck does this remind me of? Like, it's the, the sound and the song of the guitars really, really gave me, like, I was like, it, it had this flash of, like, nostalgia for me and i don't know if anybody's going to get this reference but maybe me and my younger brother um but it was a very late release sega genesis game called comics zone incredibly hard game but it's really really cool to look at the music's great and the, the guitars in that in this song specifically sound almost identical to like the first stage of comic zone or like the the musical intro to comic zone it's awesome Again, if it reminds me of something that I love that much, it can't be that bad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was just again, it was almost a headcanon moment because I could see myself playing Comic Zone. But yeah, it was it was a uh, again really it's a better track. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of setting us up for the end of the album. I really like when the instruments drop out and he does the freestyle freak. Yeah, and it, like that just split second where you say it's a vacuum. That that's a perfect. This song's a perfect example where it just like it like makes you reel in or like lean in a little bit and then it just kicks you right in the face yes. and it gets me this song gets me pumped up there's like maybe four songs in this album that i'll probably add to my workout playlist just because the way he can can convey emotion is awesome and uh i think it's one of my favorites on the album yeah it's 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 probably my third favorite on the album yeah say. um the bridge is similar to the themes of south town but i think it's it's a cool and somewhat easier digest song than south town yeah um but yeah freestyle and then uh the last track that we're going to cover, because we're not going to go over the, the track 16, uh, number 15 is Follow Me. Um, the bass is rocking in yep. this track. Um, but 
ultimately it's a throwaway song for me. Uh, by track 15, you're kind of ready for the album to be over. And it's another song about God's power and being on God's army. And it's just kind of worn out themes that we, we've already heard. Yeah. Um, but if you're ignoring the lyrical content, it's a it's a fun last track. Yeah, it's fun. I, I would probably flip the last two songs. I would put Follow Me Before Freestyle and have Freestyle close it out. just feels like a better closer to me. Oh, yeah. This one just kind of trails off into nothing. And yeah. it just it doesn't make me want to start the album over again. If I heard Freestyle, I would want to start the album over again. Just a quick aside. Um, but this, this, his vocal style on this song reminded me very much of Jonathan Davis from Korn. And I've already talked about it before. I think Korn did new metal better than anyone. They kind of were at the forefront of it. They're one of the grandfathers of new metal. Uh, their first album was commercially successful. I think Korn had, I think they won a Grammy for one of their songs on, which is unheard of back in the day with 94 <laughs> for a new metal song to win a Grammy. Uh, I think it was for like best metal performance, but still, um, that's really all I have to say. I think you're right where it, it is, you know, the bass is really heavy and it, it feels more Cornish in that way. Um, not like a Cornish game hen, but corn with a K and a backwards R ish. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's, it's fine. I, again, I would have flipped freestyle and follow me. I think this just kind of doesn't do it for me as an ending. It's a good track, but it's not a great ending track. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Let's do closing thoughts, eh? Do so uh, real quick. I want to talk about the bonus song. Okay. We don't have to talk about um, Outcast, which is fine. It's another good song. Um, I don't know. It's it's hyper aggressive, but um, Tambura, the bonus track, is like I wish, I fucking wish, Pod would have taken the more San Carlos Santana Hispanic influence in their new metal thing because that would have taken them out of being a cookie cutter new metal Christian rock band into being something truly unique. Cause I don't, I can't think of another band that really does it. I, I, I mean, Deftones a little bit, but it's like nobody really took a very Spanish or Hispanic or, you know, Latin American influence in new metal. And th- th- this song proves to me that they could do it. And it just smacks of wasted potential. Like a POD is good. Like mm-hmm. they're good for what they were. They, they had a very specific audience they were targeting and to that audience. They were really good. Um, your dad being one of those guys, he clearly loves this band mm-hmm. and you know, he got out of it exactly what he wanted to, but for to have more commercial appeal and just to be more interesting to listen to having that Latin American influence would have been so fucking cool, man, because it's like, there's so many diff- there's so many similarities between, uh, like Latin music and hip hop, and you can easily blend those two and commit, like put them in with metal and just make a really cool fucking sound, man. Yeah. I mean, you hear a little bit of it, and if you listen to the Sepultura Roots album, much heavier album, but they're still kind of in that new metal ish vein. I mean, they went to the fucking Amazon to record metal, and it sounds awesome. It's so tribal and cool, and it's very kind of. I don't know. It's not dancey, but it's got a tribal feel to it. And I wish, you know, they would have been able to do some of that. I don't know. Like new metal Samba. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There, there's a kind of an emo-ish metalcore band, Pierce Avail, that really leans into the, the whole Hispanic culture. Oh, yeah. Their, their guitars are bar none. I'm sure it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's just a, it, it seems to me like a no-brainer. Mm. I mean, they're all from South, South San Diego. Like, come on, bro. Like... <laughs> yeah. It's it's sitting right there in front of your face. Just take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Um, you you want to you want me to go first with closing thoughts, or do I, you want to? I can go first. Or you can go first. Whatever you want to do. Uh, I'll go. 
Okay. Um, I was like, overall, this album made me smile. Even though I'm a bit embarrassed of my love for new metal, it always makes me happy. And there's, that's all you can really ask for from music. Like, as long as any any form of media makes you feel something, then it's good. It has value. If it if it doesn't make you feel anything, then it's worthless. I think that to me is how you separate art from just gibberish in any form. Yeah. You know, you look at scribbles on a paper. Some people might, that might make them really feel like, look at Jackson Pollock is a perfect example. Like some people might just see them, him as swinging a paint can over a canvas willy nilly. But for other people, you know, they can see like his color choices and the way he, you know, filled, there's no like huge negative space. There's, there was method to the madness and that's what makes it art. If it makes you feel something. And again, art is subjective too. Like I could look at something and say, that's, piece of shit and you could look at it and say that fucking changed my life mm-hmm. so again again kind of a tangent there but it made me, it makes me feel happy to listen to music like this even if i'm like Ugh, uh, uh, uh. it still did make me happy to listen to i was like i was smiling through my grimace you know what i mean yeah and i think that's kind of why we leaned into the new metal march yeah, I think so too. we're gonna get into i know you don't believe in guilty pleasures but it's kind of what this is like yeah this is more sentimental than than a guilty pleasure but you know we have a lot more positive feelings about it than negative. Like we can look at it and also be able to make fun of it a little bit, but yeah. we're also going to enjoy it as well. And I think that's what this album is for me. I'm not going to listen to this whole album probably ever again all no, the no. way through. Absolutely but not. <laughs> I have four or five tracks from this album that I'm really going to start leaning into. And I think um, going forward, we're going to find some songs that we really missed or we're going to add back into our rotation i think that's kind of the point of new metal march for us yeah i think it's cool too because we both got to experience it but we got to i got i was in the very forefront of it so i got to see it from evolve you kind of started listening to it like early 2000s and from then on so we kind of had different experiences with the same very short period of time in music and very specific period of time in music so to me that's cool like even within like a, a genre that we both like, know and love, mm-hmm. we have very different views on it. And I think that's kind of cool. It's, it, I think it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, again, I, I used to make fun of POD for being a Christian band. Like, oh, uh, they're, you know, I don't want to listen to God all the time. Like, who cares? If I want to do that, I'd go to church. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, yeah, you know what? To each. You know, I, I've, I've grown up since then. I, like I said, I used to be very militant atheist. Now I'm, I don't know, I don't even know what to label myself as. It's just like, <laughs> If it makes you happy and it makes you be a good person, who am I to fucking care? You know yeah. what I mean? So if you like listening to POD and it makes you happy, fucking go for it. You know what? If you like uh, anything, really, go Except you two. Except you two. <laughs> if you listen to you two, you're a scumbag. <laughs> Bono's a loser and he knows it. You're the scum between my toes. <laughs> you make me want to puke. <laughs> so there you have it. There's our first... New Metal March. Or, that, uh, that's what we're going to end on. No. <laughs> okay. I just want to put a number to it so bad. Don't, just stop me. This is the first month of our themed months. This is the inaugural month. Here, yes. there you go. Say inaugural month, and then we don't have to use numbers. 1A. I don't know. You want to call this the second? Does you want to call this the second season? <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> this is no. season two of Off the Beat. <laughs> We're just going to screw it. We're up. doing themes now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you already said uh, what album you're picking. But let's let's remind the, the yeah. Listeners. So next week I'm going to do um, Significant Other by Limp Biscuit, and it's B I Z K I T. Don't get it wrong. Don't say biscuit. It's Bizkit. Or you you want to touch on cringy? Yeah. Fred Durst is one of the worst people on the planet. 
I don't I don't think there's any redeeming qualities about Fred Durst other than I really liked his first two albums. Yeah. <laughs> um he's very very homophobic. Um he would be canceled immediately if he was at doing shit actively today. Like trapped? What? The band Trapped? They're like banned from Twitter. Oh, are they really? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um but yeah, no, it's just it, there's not a lot of homophobia in this, but I know Fred Durst and I've heard things he said. He's just He's a product of his time period, and, yeah. you know, he's not doing shit for a reason. We're going to try and separate the art from the artist next week. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you guys want to check us out, we're on Twitter, off cl- at Off Clef. We're on Instagram, Off the Bean Clef. And uh, yeah. let us know what you guys think about uh, New Metal March, and if you have any suggestions for albums. I'm going to be struggling with my next one, so if you guys have some suggestions, throw them out there, and we'll be more than willing to. See, I thought you had yours locked up. I am. I, I might. We'll okay. see. All right. I can be persuaded. So send something to Off the Beaten Clef on Instagram. Well, I've got my own suggestion of an album I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I want to talk about Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. So if that's in your wheelhouse. Sure. I yeah, mean, we'll, we'll. But I don't want to. I don't want to. Don't listen to me because I don't want to do three weeks in a row where it feels like my album. So it's all. It's This is becoming the Kevin Carter podcast <laughs> with guest host. Don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, like I said, check us out on social media. And uh, are we doing song of the week? Oh shoot, we were supposed to do that at the beginning. Yeah, we'll do it now. Okay. Uh, s- song of the week, Kev. You can go first. Yeah. Okay. So song of the week. Uh, Dill texted me about this this morning. I was like, Hey, you still want to record today? He's like, Yeah, for sure. And he's like, Oh yeah. By the way, I sent you the playlist for song of the week. If you want to pick one, I was like, Oh fuck, I haven't listened to any new music for the past week. So I might as well just go and I just fucked around on Spotify for a little bit. I went to the uh, Friday release radar, see if anything grabbed my attention. Um, Bruno Mars has a new track out. It's fine. Um, I don't know. There's a couple. Of, there's a bunch of electronic artists that came out. I was like, Yeah, you just did Death Punk. I don't want to do another electronic track, even though I liked some of them. And then I, you know, I just whatever. I was like, Okay, Selena Gomez has a new track out. Um, DJ Snake again, a producer, but I, was, I threw it on and I was like, okay, whatever. This is a pretty typical Latin dance song. And then it got to the chorus, and then I heard something that made me laugh out loud. Uh, and it was, it sounded, it sounds like a saxophone, but it is not. It is an automaton. If you don't know what automaton is, it's one of the goofiest things in the world. It, it's a little like electric instrument. It looks like a sperm. <laughs> it does, and you can like open and close the mouth to like give the notes different tones kind of like a little like if you imagine a guy playing a trumpet he's got the little thing on the front it does the same thing it's it's a hilarious thing to hear and like a serious like making you jealous yeah <laughs> and you i know it's an automaton i listened to it over and over i was like this i have to make sure this isn't a saxophone the automaton it never really is in tune and so when it's, it's, it slides down to a lower note, it kind of is out of tune. I was like, that's a fucking automaton. There's nothing else it could be. It's either that or a theremin, and either one is equally as hilarious. And I think DJ Snake threw it in there as a joke, and it ended up in a kind of serious Selena Gomez song, and that's the one of the only reasons I picked this song. I don't really like this song. It's fine. But Selena Gomez is gorgeous. She's one of the most beautiful people in the world, and there's an automaton in it. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh that instrument sounds like the bagpipes. I think I texted this to yeah, you earlier. It's like an electric, it's like a MIDI version of bagpipes. It's so strange. If I heard someone playing that on the street, I would look at them like, do you really need to be playing that right now? <laughs> I would pay you whatever dollar amount you want to get you to quit playing that fucking instrument. I would fucking cry laughing. It's like listening to a kindergartner play their recording. 
<laughs> but you can, I mean, it sounds cool. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a very gimmicky, like yeah. you'll never hear like a band with a legit automaton as a featured instrument. It'll always be kind of like a jokey thing. Um, I sent you the video of the do, um, playing it for people on Omega, which is always funny. Yeah. Um, Cause he's like a great guitarist. So people expect him to play an awesome guitar solo and then he rips out the automaton. <laughs> um, yeah. it's just a weird Japanese thing. So, um, my song of the week is Zabraxas by Ben, Ben Rossett and Ezra Sanzer Bell. Uh, it's not in my wheelhouse, but I came on a uh, playlist that I was listening to and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And the drums go hard. It's got a really cool guitar to it. And it's also kind of EDM. It so is. It was I was very of- proud of you. It was my my version of paying homage to you guys, yeah, you, and, you and Ben. We've kind of osmosised ourselves into your brain a little bit, I think. It's still got to be more rocky than EDM, but I sure. still think it's it's a cool track. Yeah, it's cool. I think I think it, whatever way you can, we can kind of wiggle our way into your brain, I think you, you know that's how it starts with every new kind of music. You have to find a touchstone and kind of slowly crawl out like you're like emerging from the ocean. That first fish that crawled out. <laughs> It's like, okay, well, now I have to grow fucking lungs, I guess. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to learn how to breathe and do shit all over again. So. Might as well lean into it. Yeah. But uh, have a good week, guys, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.